Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Last First Date Radio. I'm your host, Sandy Weiner, and I am the founder and the chief love officer at lastfirstdate.com. We are a site dedicated to helping women over 40 find epic love, especially the second time around. So whether you're divorced, widowed, even never married, um, love in midlife is a little bit different than it is in the first half of life. So uh, this show is dedicated to having, having you all have healthy relationships at this stage in your life. And we have an awesome show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with author, motivational speaker, and relationship coach Matthew Anderson about why so many marriages end in divorce and how to know if you have what it takes to get married or stay married. As a dating coach, I specialize in helping women date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives because I truly believe that when a woman knows her worth, her true worth, she attracts her most aligned partner. And this actually is true for men as well, although I work only with women. Um, Whenever we really value ourselves and we know our boundaries, we know our standards, We're able to express it without anger, without accusations, and I spend a lot of time helping my clients to communicate their needs in an effective and connected way. And and I find that when people date at this age, that they often make the same mistakes over and over again because they can't see themselves because we are just too close to the dating experience to really see ourselves with some objectivity. So what I did was create a free guide for you about how to recognize the top three mistakes that you're making and how to turn them around to find love. And there are actionable tips. So if you don't have this copy of my free guide yet, I invite you to come over to my website, lastfirstdate.com, and grab a copy today. And now I'd like to introduce our special guest, Matthew Anderson. Dr. Anderson has been called a romance miracle worker and a revival love artist. He has spent four decades as an author, an inspirational speaker, and a relationship coach, which has given him unusual depth of insight and compassion to see what couples really need to revive and resurrect their passion and deep connection. Singles rave about his ability to get right to the heart of what they need to do to find their Mr. or Mr. or Miss Right, and couples frequently say that Dr. Matthews saved their marriage and showed them the path to new heights of love and partnership. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Thank you, Sandy. It's great to be here with you. Thanks for having me on your show. I liked everything you said about relationships and just a moment ago. That was great stuff. Oh, thank you. I figured you might resonate with some of what I was saying. I did. I thought it was great. i, I got to know what those three things are. Now you have to send me a list. Ah, you'll have to go grab a copy. Okay. 
Um, and of course, there are many other things that we do, and and it's it's um, it's really hard to see ourselves. And it, I find that when you when you really get the keys to what we're doing that is sabotaging our path to love, we are empowered, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that people really have no idea often that there are tools out there that can help them really shift how they are in their dating and relationships. And so um, let's talk a little bit about you and your qualifications to create the test that you did. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you came about to to make this test. Well, my background professionally started um, in 1970 when I worked with my first couple. Um, I was actually assistant pastor of a church then, and I started seeing couples then, although I had no idea what I was doing. I started giving my advice. <laughs> <laughs> and after two years of that, I decided that I wanted to do what I'm doing now, which is I have a private practice. Um, I call it Coach for Life or Life Coach, um, and I work with relationships. And at least half to two-thirds of my practice is usually couples, although I do work with singles, a lot of singles. And as you said about you, most of the people I work with are 40 or older. And so lots of people are have been through marriages and are getting back into them. I think the statistics say that over 90% of Americans get married at least once in their lifetime, and some people more than that. And so we like to get married. Um, the trouble is, from my experience, is most people have more training to get their driver's license than they do to get their marriage license. And mm-hmm. it's it's an, it's an amazing thing that something that is a lot more complicated than driving a car actually requires pretty much nothing except you just get somebody who's willing to do it with you and you sign up and then people jump into it as if they know what they're doing and they don't because we still don't have a kind of a societal training program for people to be in relationships. There's a lot of self-help books and people like you and like me on the radio and on television but we don't have a super organized way of helping people wh- prepare themselves. And so I've, I've worked with lots and lots of couples over the years, and I, I spend a lot of time working with people who are already into it, but in people who are single and looking. I start asking a lot of questions, and that's why I came up with this, this I guess I call it a test. It's 16 questions. And... For people to ask themselves if they're really thinking about getting married, and I just made it a little kind of provocative title, Are You Marriage Material? Most people are going to have a hard time with the test. It's not an easy test. But I, I share it with people not to make them hopeless or negative about it, but to say, hey, if you're not a total yes to every one of these, here's a place that you can work on something and it will help you get ready. It really will. For instance, the first question on this test, are you marriage material, is are you a grown-up? And that's a very serious question because marriage Uh requires two adults. If one of the people is not an adult or both of them are not an adult, 
you got a big problem. I found that uh, immaturity and bad communication skills are usually the two major causes of difficulties in marriage. And so I put the first one there, are you a grown-up? Kind of start right on uh, what's real and what's necessary. And I could not say it with more emphasis, marriage requires two adults. We need to have some maturity. We can't be adolescent with our partner, and we certainly can't be childish and expect it to work. And so, yeah, you know what? Honestly, answer. Just want to interrupt for a second. Go ahead. I I have a friend, Bobby Palmer, whose whose business is called Date Like a Grown Up, and um, I think that we this is such an important point, but it's also important to define what a grown up is. And um, so, you mentioned communication skills. And that we often get stuck in adolescence, I think, when it comes to our relationship skills. So what other what other aspects of being a grown-up do you feel are lacking? Well, I think that, um, you know, you and I could probably talk for three or four shows in a row about what it takes to be a grown-up, but I, I, on one level, there's a lot of interest to that question, but on another level, I think if a person, when I'm watching or listening to a couple communicate with each other, and they say something to each other, and I can say to them, did you say that from the grown-up part of you or the child part of you? Almost everybody knows the answer to that intuitively. You know, Am mm-hmm. I being an adult right now? Most people have the kind of awareness that they can say yes or no. You know, an adult or a mature person is a person who is not being childish. That's one sort of the negative way of I'm not being a child, I'm not being childish. Um, They can see the other person's point of view. Um, They can, the third question on my list, on my test, is related to that, and it's can you honestly admit when you're wrong? A fully mature person or a mature person, a grown-up, can admit when they're wrong. And if you can't admit when you're wrong to your partner whom you're supposed to really care about, you got big, big problems. And so it takes a certain kind of strength to be able to say that, hey, I made a mistake, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, um, I think that that's a grown-up. Um, mm-hmm. A grown-up is a person who can take responsibility in life, who is not walking around looking for other people to be dependent on. Um, that, that's sort of the direction I go in when I answer that question. But I, I'm, but intuitively, I think most people, if, if they say, okay, I'm going to be really honest with myself, was what I just said to my partner an adult thing, or was I acting like a teenager or a child? Almost everybody knows the answer to that almost immediately, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think, you know, being honest with yourself is the first step, and a lot of people have trouble with that. And, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with everything that you're saying, that admitting that you're wrong, and that's all part of communication, that if you mm-hmm. can communicate effectively if you can actually really hear the other person and not have to always be right. Um, You know, I I have a friend who's a psychologist, and recently he was saying to me that I had married a man who had arrested development. He, um, that was the basic 
biggest issue was the lack of maturity and ability to admit wrongdoing and taking responsibility and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, you know, it's it it it's like you're in a vicious cycle of one person trying really hard and the other person really being stuck. And yes, um, and I think that's what happens in in a lot of marriages. So, in your experience. Um, why do most marriages fail besides, you know, some of the things that we've just talked about? Um, one of them is, it might be, it might sound kind of strange, but maybe since you've been in doing this for a while, you would, you would probably get it really quickly. The second question I have on the test is, are you truly in love with your partner? A lot of people mm-hmm. get married to people they're not fully in love with. And for other kinds of reasons. And my value, my basic attitude uh, about what makes a successful marriage is you really need to start with being a grown-up. But then second thing that's probably just as important, sometimes I think more important, is are you truly in love, both of you? Mm -hmm. And when I ask people that question, I ask them that question a lot. You're thinking about getting married? Sure. Are you in love with your partner? If there's a moment's doubt, Mm -hmm. then the answer may be no. And if it's no, my suggestion is wait. Don't do it. Because marriage requires a lot of us. And it can be, in my experience, the most wonderful human relationship that is possible for a human being to have with another human or it can be the worst relationship, and it can be heaven, and it can be hell. And if you start out without love, you get a lot of difficulties, a lot of difficulties, mm-hmm. because deep love for another person often gives us the strength and the desire to grow and to make things work. Like there's a, uh, related to the, about, the ability to admit when you're wrong. There's a thing, there's a question that got started years ago in um, this by this spiritual book called A Course in Miracles. And the, and the question for couples that I ask them to think about a lot is, would you rather be happy or would you rather be right? Mm-hmm. Would you rather be happy or right? Would you rather be right or happy? In a, in a um, couple's relationship, that's an important question to ask each other really important to ask yourself because we spend a lot of time trying to be right at the other person's expense. And that causes major, major difficulties. If you say to yourself, you know what, you and I have a disagreement about anything. It could be how far it is from here to the moon. It wouldn't matter. What if I get excited when you're right and I don't have to worry about being right myself. All of a sudden, I think you feel supported by that. You feel cared about. Like you're not going to have to compete with me. I'm not going to put you down. I'm not sitting around looking for ways to make you wrong. So that can be a very powerful and supportive attitude to have in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I hope that made sense. Yeah, you know, it, it's makes total sense and I think that uh, the are you truly in love with your partner I know quite a few partners who were not truly in love and they they married out of a feeling of scarcity of mm-hmm. you know we're running out of time partners want to have children 
um, I, I made that mistake myself. And I think that, you know, when you care about somebody and there are a lot of good things, but that you have some doubt and then you're afraid that if you don't marry this person, you'll never get married. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, you know, and that's that's the internal work that's so important to do is to really figure out what what's making you choose a partner like this, you know, when, when things are not really going well and what makes you think that love is impossible. And, um, yes. But I, you know, so, it, so it's totally resonant for me and for so many others. Um, I also think that uh, the happy or right thing is just such an important thing, and I was just talking about it with a client this morning, and and I think that's true not just of couples but of friendships. And Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I was thinking about was Dr. John Gottman, who talks about the 5-to-1 ratio that, that couples need to keep a relationship alive and happy. There are five positives to every negative. And mm-hmm. when you're building positivity like you, you're describing, it gives you the strength to deal with the hard times because there will be hard times. <laughs> there, that is a guarantee. And, well, um, I'm, glad, so the, I'm glad you brought up that because I, I think um, I know what you're talking about. I know the Gottman Institute. Um, mm-hmm. And I honestly think that if you want a truly happy healthy, really, really, I would say even ecstatic kind of relationship in your marriage with this person you love so much, the ratio is going to be more like 20 or 50 to 1. 5 to 1 is just not enough. And couples that are truly happy have a constant flow of positive statements to each other, affirmations, appreciations, gratefulness, thanks, um, I, it, it's such a, a powerful thing that happens between two people who love each other if they build the habit. Because most of us do not grow up in homes where we watch our parents interact that way. Who don't, they don't say a lot of positive things to each other. I had to learn it. I had to learn it from mm-hmm. the start. And I've gotten very, very good at it. But because... I practiced it, I valued it, and I do it. And my partner does the same thing. It's it's interesting. Mm. Um, When I was working on the book, The Resurrection of Romance, a couple of years ago, we went to the grocery store together, uh, which we enjoy doing. And we were in the grocery store about a half an hour. And when I came out, I said to her, do you know that in the last half hour you said ten different things to me that were positive about me? She said, no, I didn't. She said, how did you know that? I said, I was counting. After the second one, I thought, I'm going to count this and see, because she does it so often. I thought, I'm going to just count. We're going in there. And she says things to me like, oh, that was so cute how you interacted with that baby, or that was nice how you dealt with that clerk, or I really appreciate that you were reading the things off the back of the labels because she has an allergy and I wanted to make sure it didn't have nuts in it. And she just... And I got Aww. to 10 in a half an hour, and I said to her, that's the way you usually are. That wasn't mm-hmm. an unusual visit. I said, I love going to the grocery store with you because it's so constant with her. And I mm. do it back, but that's a really powerful thing. And I think a lot of us get into a relationship, we really love that person, 
and we really appreciate them, and we slowly stop talking about it. And I think words matter a lot. Uh And an honest statement of, Sandy, I think you're a really sensitive person, and I like what you have to say about relationships is a meaningful kind of thing to say as opposed to, hey, it was nice being with you. That That's uh-huh. kind of positive, but to make a specific statement really goes yeah, more to could... the heart of the matter, and we remember it. And when it's going yeah. back and forth between two people, it can be, it can create a kind of energy that's just, I, my word for it is ecstatic. I think it can go on and on and on and on. And so I'd say 20, maybe even 50 to 1. And so when you finally do get to the negative, it's couched. It, it's in a nest of positives. And then it doesn't mm-hmm. have a kind of a destructive quality to it. Right, and which is so important. And I love that you brought up that it's a much higher level when a couple's really successful. I, I think five mm-hmm. to one is a big stretch for a lot of people, but <laughs> I, I do agree with you that when you're in that space of a really positive, healthy relationship, it is much higher than five to one. And also, it's it makes the negatives easier. But also, if you have the other elements that you're discussing, the communication skills and the need, the the lack of a need to always be right, then you can also work through the negatives without it feeling unsafe. Absolutely. And um, right. And Absolutely. and also that's that's what I see happening in marriages that fail is that they repeat the same things over and over again and. Mm-hmm. The other partner doesn't seem to take any of it in or respect the other person's opinion. Yes. And so respect, compassion, those are the things that are often missing. And and people don't do it for themselves. And I think that's that's one of the issues with singles that I work on in depth is to help them to really work on all the places of pain within so that they know who they are and they value themselves and they know how mm-hmm. to express themselves and when you can be that person, you be the love that you want to attract in the world, then you're going to attract much more of it into your life. I think that's a really good point. I agree with you. I think it's a really good point. I in in this uh, to go back to what you were just saying about affirmation, um question number 12 on this list I have is can you affirm your partner daily? I and I say just do it 3 to 5 times a day. Honestly, when you get in the habit of it, it's easy. It really gets easy. And it makes intimacy, it makes joy, it makes comfort, it builds trust, really makes the difference. And if we if we take the good for granted and only bring up the negative, think about it for a moment. Who really want to be in a relationship that pretty much the only thing you hear from the other person is criticism? Uh-huh. Who wants to go to bed with that person every night or wake up with yep. them? And yep. when you think about doing something, who wants to be with that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, affirmations. You know, my son started doing this. He he lives with me, and he he would say to me every night, Mom, I really appreciate you. Uh, thank you for a great day. Thank you for walking with me. I mean, he's he is oh, such a good model of goodness and and graciousness. And, and then it encourages me to say the same back and to be specific. Mm-hmm. And 
I I uh, recently was speaking to a client who had a date with somebody who lived out of town. So he came in for two days, and they saw quite a bit of each other. And at the end, he never said one kind word about her, really. It was, I had fun in your city. Um, <laughs> here are some things I like about your city. Uh, it was very disconnected, and... We were debriefing the 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 date, well, the the, the epic event, mm-hmm. and um, and just you know really shining a light on the areas that didn't feel good and the ones that did, and and just just that simple act of saying, I really appreciated meeting you. Thank you for showing me you know your town, and it was so, you you know you're so much more beautiful in person than you were in your photos. There's so many things he could have said that could have touched her heart. And they kind of stayed in that place in the head. Um, so, if you could speak to that for a moment, the importance of touching somebody's heart instead of staying in thoughts all the time. Absolutely, I find that to be Absolutely. an issue. I think, and that's that's a powerful, important thing. And intuitively, if I ask someone, "Did you say that from your head or your heart?" Almost everybody can answer that question. Even if they're mm-hmm. not used to being in touch with themselves and and their feelings, but what's important is marriage and meaningful loving relationships are about the heart, and the head must surrender in a sense to that and so it's important for us to learn how to open our hearts and let love in. And that's just, that's that I call that receiving love. We have to be able to let open our heart and let it in, and then we have to be able to open our hearts and send it to the other person. So it it, it becomes a flow, a back and forth from heart to heart. And if a person has difficulty with that, of letting in love, you know, it's like if if I think that I'm not such a great lovable person, and someone is trying to love me and I'm not letting that make a difference, then I've blocked their gift to me. And so mm-hmm. it's really important that I ask myself, how good am I at allowing love in? Because if we want a relationship with someone and we want to be in love, we want to be able to let their love in. And we also want to be able to give it. And a lot of people don't do that so well. And if they have a problem with it, it's very important that they work on it often with a professional because if if you're really blocked at at letting love in and one of the ways we can we can know how good we are about it is ask ourselves how good am I at taking compliments in general mm-hmm. if someone says hey sandy you know i think it's incredible the relationship you have with your son and it's really beautiful that he feels so safe and so open with you that he can share with you how grateful he is for you and sandy says wow thank you and she lets that in that's great Mm -hmm. but if she goes i'm sorry i'm not really talking oh i am talking about you because that's what you said that's where i got that information (laughs) (laughs) i think that was beautiful that story you told and if if you came back to me with changing the subject or deflected in some kind of way that that indicates there's some work that needs to be done there but mm-hmm. if if you let it in and you think to yourself, you know, that's true. Hey, thanks. You know, you just reminded me of, of something special I have with this child. 
And yeah. he's lucky to have a mom who, who he can talk to let that way. He's blessed. Mm. That's a that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And that's it really touched me when you said that and it was a reminder to me of how lucky I am because you can easily take it for granted. Um and Well, and I, I used the wrong word do. though. I, I don't think you're lucky. I think you must do something really well with your son in order to have that kind of communication that that, that he feels so willing to share with that. How old is he? He's twenty five. Oh my God, that's beautiful! That's beautiful <laughs> that he can they can uh, say that at twenty five to his mom. Yeah, and the fact that he still likes hanging out with me and talking uh-huh. to me and trusts me—that is great. Yeah, that we well we cultivate we cultivate what we want, and not everybody will give it back. And in that in that respect, I feel like we're lucky when we have that reciprocal relationship. Um, cause That's I right. Have and if I, and if, if we if we give that out and that person does doesn't give it back to us, don't freaking marry them, okay? Please right? don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't freaking marry don't anybody who's not going to. <laughs> don't don't marry that person. Maybe you want to send them to a therapist or somebody, but. Don't marry that person. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be good. No, no don't do no, it. No, you're not going to change somebody, you know, and that's that's also a really important piece. But there's so much mm-hmm. more to talk about. But um, I just just want to finish that topic of compliments, and I think it's an important piece that it's a good indicator of whether you can receive. And oh, yeah. especially women, women who are trained to give and not receive because, well, men mm-hmm. too, but I think women, the feminine energy is about receptive energy. And mm-hmm. when women show up as the doers, the the provers, I, a client this morning was talking about how she had to learn to prove herself through the g- good grades that she got. She, she got love mm-hmm. through proving and doing. And so... When you can be loved for who you are, not what you do, and you can receive the compliments, the, the nice things that mm-hmm. people say, and not say, oh, what, this whole thing? You know, I got it at a discount. I mean, this is the way most people will receive a compliment about an item of clothing. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. It was cheap. I got right. it at Goodwill. Yes. That's you know, just say thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So... We are uh, unfortunately at the end of our time, and I just um, would love for people to know where to get the test. Um, is this offered on your website? Is it in a book? How how can people access this this test? They can go to my website, which is the same as the name of the book, theresurrectionofromance.com, theresurrectionofromance.com. You'll, they'll find contact information from me there. I don't think I have it posted right now there, but you can get my email address and send it to me and just put marriage test in the subject matter, and I will send it straight out and okay. um, there's and uh, immediately to them. And um, it's theresurrectionofromance.com. There's also a bunch of uh, videos and articles and and uh, help for relationships there that I think anybody who is interested in this conversation will find useful. Awesome. And what's the email they should send it to? They should send it to dra, Dr. A, at mm-hmm. mattcoyote.com, M-A-T-T-C-O-Y-O-T-E.com, Dr. A at mattcoyote.com. That's the uh, okay. email address. Good. 
Now I'm wondering what Mac Coyote is. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Uh, you got me curious here, Matt. There you go, Matt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always good to leave a little mystery. Yeah, um, so thank you, thank you so much, Matthew, for coming on the show today, Matthew Anderson. Sandy, thanks and, for having uh, me. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, and I uh, hope everybody listening today goes on their last first date very soon. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.